Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately. I really appreciate it. I always appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and special thanks to people who listened to my Pacific Rim The Black episode from um, last week, also the Sunday episode. But I... I was really, I was really excited if you did not catch my drift on the Pacific Rim, the Black episode, or you just didn't listen to it yet. I strongly recommend going to listen to it. I was excited that they were making more Pacific Rim, but A, I wasn't excited going into it by Polygon Pictures. They're notoriously just, they're not the best at 3D animation out there. This is not a, this is not a studio that does things like Expelled from Paradise or like the Lupin movie. It does very, like, it does stuff that looks like bad video game cutscenes, is what I will say. And that kind of set up my expectation for that show. And long story short, it kind of, it didn't exceed that. Not necessarily because of the animation, just because of the whole, the thing as a whole. So definitely go, um, listen to that episode. But what we're talking about this week is something old and something new, so to speak. And that something is Shaman King. Now, for um, the, I'm imagine that you probably know that there's a reboot of Shaman King coming to um, coming to Netflix. I think next month, and it really and that show and that re, that reboot for that show fits the. Netflix quote unquote model really well because it is a a niche title is like a niche offering from a way bigger set of stuff. So um but I also want to talk about some interesting things about that I found about Shaman King as I kind of like one night when I was scrolling through my massive list of things I can watch. I was on my personal collection, um, much of which ill-begotten from the internet, from the before times. And when I say the before times, I mean before I, you know, was a full adult and was like, okay, I'm going to start paying for all this stuff. I'm going to start paying for all the streaming services. I'm going to do the, like, financially responsible fan thing of being like, here, Crunchyroll, shut up and take my money. Here, High Dive, take my three bucks. Here, Amazon, take whatever. And start, you know, supporting the streaming ecosystem because I've, and I've talked about this on a um, previous Sunday edition. There are tons of people who are like, giant anime fans who are like, do not pay for anime. And, that's fucked up. We should be paying for the content we're consuming because, and yes, I've talked about the anime, the $200 a month problem. If you haven't heard that episode, um, go a couple Sunday editions back in the feed in whatever app you're using to listen to this right now, and you can find 
though that um you can find that Sunday edition and that talks all about like the inequity of animator pay and all that stuff. But the stuff that we see made is only made because someone sees dollar signs when they look at the property on a sheet of paper. When they look at it on a balance sheet, they think, oh, I could turn that zero into a couple million dollars worth of sales. And that's a big, and that's really the only reason you ever get any entertainment product. Is that somebody sees, um, is that somebody sees some amount of monetary value in producing it. Even something like as niche as Pacific Rim ultimately did amazingly enough at the box office to warrant a second movie. Third movie, uh uh-uh. Even if people thought it was happening, the pandemic probably killed it. But it, and it it still yet, it still yet got a, um, what's it called? Got a, um, Netflix stage, which will definitely get another season because that's the way Netflix stuff works. So, what I found really interesting about Shaman King watching it a second time is how, watching the first episode or two, like, a 500th time, because I keep, like, dipping back into that well and being like, nope. And this time, I, I just stuck with it. And to be clear, I'm not talking about all 74 episodes. I'm talking about, at this point, up to about episode 17. So a little bit more than a half season. Um, but the thing I find interesting is that, A, it, it as a show really shows its modern take on the like shonen on shonen style because if you don't know anything about the um mangaka behind Sh- shaman king he adapted to um digital art from what i understand and digital comic making really quickly and what that means is his character designs are very much very much have the feel of a digital illustrator they do saying he does things in his in his manga art that is very there's much simpler to do and much more advantageous to do in a digital format than it would be necessarily in a traditional hand-drawn format i'm not saying you can if you look at um kishimoto's art for naruto he has always had this stark, flat style that seemed to, like, defy the fact that it was made on paper. It, like, does this weird full time loop back into almost, like, woodblock print style, which I always find really cool, even though it, it has a really stark, clean look. Um, Shaman King certainly looks like it looks like a show, it looks, it has the style and kind of um, swagger of a show from the late 90s, early 2000s, because it premiered, at least originally, in 2001. And it was originally 64 episodes, and um, it, it follows a character named Yo Asakura, and the Yoas, another reason why I think maybe Shaman King didn't grab people immediately, it didn't grab as many people immediately, especially in America, it was a real cult classic, um, is because Yo is not, doesn't feel like the, the typical Shonen protagonist. He feels like the it, he had a really aloof, really go with the flow personality, and that's not to say he doesn't have like his hot blooded shonen moments. Those absolutely happen both early and later in the series. But what 
What's also true about Yo is he has this, like, detached, dissociated feel to him that it feels intentional on behalf of the series because that this show starts off talking about um, shamans as people who can fuse with like great spirits from the world of the, from the world of the dead and like use the powers of the spirits by fusing with their own body by episode by the t- however by the time the shaman tor- the shaman tournament starts which encompasses most of the series um you get to a point where Yo and the viewer find out that the way it's like really truly done is you fuse your spirit into your weapon. So you can use both your skills and the spirit skills. And the defining traits for, for Yo are aside from the like um, aloof kind of like blabbiness of him is he seems to see see good where most people don't. His spirit, um, his spirit for the sh- for the duration of the show, um, Amina Maru, is regarded as like this like total bastard of a samurai who is like an absolute murderous warlord, and the show starts off with. Yo being like, I don't think that's true. Just something doesn't add up here. And you find out that the Miyamaro is like an absolute, like, you know, best bro, best bro for life type friend. And you see, and you see there what the show straight up tells you at one, at one point is, is the guiding principle of what a shaman king should be. And that is someone who doesn't just care about themselves or, or, you know, their friends, they care about everybody and they care about, they care about the whole world. And so if you've never seen Shaman King, which is totally, totally understandable, because like I said, it is a niche show. Um, although it's a really, it's really a pretty excellent, even considering its dated quality, um, because once again, it did premiere in America, at least I think in 2002, did premiere originally in 2001, and did, and this is really important, the manga and the um, anime were both totally scrubbed by, like, the 90 center machines on in both Japan and America. So like they do definitely change stuff for the for the American dub of this cartoon. You can just you can feel it because they call instead of calling things the bath the the character call it the pool which is the like shaman it's not as bad as the um, jelly donut scenario of Pokemon from back in the day, from actually back in uh, around the same time. Um, but the the really interesting thing here is is that at least in the American dub, I don't I can't speak for the Japanese subtitle because I. When I was younger, I watched the I watched the English dub. I didn't have a chance to see the subtitle, and actually, the old stolen copy I have is from the old JetX days of um, ABC Family, when they had the JetX programming block that showed a lot of like like extreme sports and anime, basically. Um. And that that ended up being a lot of where the four kids stuff ended up because it was like at some point it was like people knew each other pipeline thing happened. But at least in the English dub, they take kind of great pains to have 
Chinese character to give like say Chinese characters a slight British accent, which historically fits in lots of cases because the British and the Chinese have had a relationship involving Hong Kong for many many years, um, and they also. Shaman King does a very specifically weird thing that anime is known for doing. Probably the most famous version of this is in Evangelion. What Evangelion does with Christianity is it rips it whole cloth and it uses it as a pastiche for the story it wants to tell. If you're trying to look for a meaning in all the Christian imagery in Evangelion, it just doesn't fucking have one. It just doesn't. And Shaman King, and this is true of of other um, of other um, well known shonen properties like um, Bleach does it, um, GTO does it to an extent. The one, the big one that doesn't do this is um, Naruto because Naruto is all really specifically Japanese inspired. And like unique takes on Japanese cultural inspired things that put it together, that hold it together. If you look at something like Bleach, you see a lot of Mexican influence. You see a lot of, well, you see a lot of Mexican influence. You see a lot of like pro wrestling influence, weirdly. You see a lot of what Kishima, of what, um, uh, Tight Kobo is probably into in his everyday life. If you look at, and actually they do this in um, Naruto in the form of the ramen chop. Like, if you don't know, Kishimoto originally wanted to make a ramen manga, a story about a ramen shop, and his editor was just like, that won't sell, man. Make the other one. And he did, and it printed him money, and him and, I'm sure him and, um, uh, Rumiko Takahashi have wonderful, expensive lives in Tokyo. Um, but the way that Shaman King does that is a they they you get this feeling that they're borrowing the word shaman right up until the shaman tournament starts, and you realize that no. This world of shaman is governed by an age-old Native American tribe of sh- of like shaman warriors who are like like there's everybody else in the show, and then there's the shaman warriors who run who are running the tournament, and they are certifiable badasses. <laughs> like they they are the scary ones. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to screw with the referees of this tournament, basically, unless you are sure you can come correct. But what it does really deftly and what is it, A, it doesn't just pay lip service to the, um, to the culture that it's taking from. It's not an appropriation thing. Um, it doesn't just paste it over. The, um, it doesn't just, like, paste over everything, like, paste that imagery over all over the place and say this is the imagery, like something like Evangelion. It doesn't just use the, um, the wording, like, in Bleach, um, but it, it pays visual homage. It's clear the original, the original author, um was really interested in showing um in in showing a visual um what's it called um in showing a visual representation of that culture and being in some way true to that culture and now it it really clearly 
um, has the problems that stuff of appropriate the stuff using Native American influences have, and that is that it's just like it's a pretty baseline level of understanding of like this is what Native Americans are. It's not as bad as something like Dragon Ball, but it's kind of on par with something like the Native American representation in, say, um, Cowboy Bebop. It's actually a perfect example. Like, it, it, the, the lady from Cowboy Bebop might as well be the lady from sh- the, like, elder sh- shaman lady from Shaman King. Well, it also includes these, like, these younger shaman warriors who, like, they show these diff- they show them in different scenarios and in different um doing different things other than just hosting the 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 game so to speak and that gives it and that gives those characters more life more life outside of just being a faceless judge or being like a faceless organization where you like you see a couple characters but there's like nineteen of them back there no there's probably only seven. And you've already met three, so the list isn't long. And what what that does is it shows an awareness and it adds those people as people in a way that's not that's not super common when you're when you are appropriating culture for you know either visual pastiche or you know, terminology because you like the way Menos Grande sounds or you like the way Waco Mundo sounds. And it, the way that they treat shamans with, like, the rest of the character who all have shamans who are, like, notable, who are, like, named characters, who have personalities, and are like war and like warriors like Amina Maru, like um they have another character who has who her guardian ghost is what they call the like actual shamans that it's what they call their Pokemon, basically. Um the gar her, her guardian ghost is like the show stand in for just Bruce Lee. And then you get to the um shaman warriors who run the tournament. They use these like primal ghost of a snake, ghost of a bear, ghost of an eagle, which are really, which are way more traditional than you imagine. Then lots of places would, then lots of stories would go. Now, granted, the English dub is very, very goofy. It's just. It's very goofy because you have to remember this was originally um this was originally licensed by four kids in um two thousand one and it started it started airing in um in July of two thousand one and ended in two, September of two thousand two and from what I remember, not all of the shaman King episodes aired it was the canonical story, and that was it. And that was not uncommon in, um, the early 2000s anime boom, because the people who were doing this stuff just didn't, they, eventually, the licensing of anime moved from the, like, crazy few to the masses of TV executives who saw it as, if we can get anime on our channel, if we can build a channel around anime, people will flock to it. And Shaman King was kind of at the um, beginning of that. And it, since it was taken by four kids, four kids had a tendency to do a, to a lesser extent, a way lesser extent, to its dubs, what, um, what, um, that 
what Ghost Story did to its dub. If you've never seen the Ghost Story dub, it's really infamous. It was this um, show that was bought in a that was came as a package deal and a licensing deal. It, the studio that made it was like this thing is the studio that made it and kind of knew it was a hot piece of garbage. And the studio, the so they like package it to like make any money off it in um, foreign licensing. And the people who bought it, I forget who bought the rights to it, and put it out, made this decision of just like, okay, it's it's friggin', we're going to make this into weird sketch comedy craft performance art. And it produced one of the single most memeable pieces of content ever to be put to film ever. It It's... It's the thing at Bananas. Um, the Shaman King dub has a lot of that quality to it. A, because it is from a very specific point in time where you, if something was a kid's show, you could really tell it was a kid's show. Like, um, Yo's character design isn't that bad. Yo's character design is actually really good. But, um... What's his face? The, um, Ryonosuke is, is this, like, gangster, is this gangster character, and he is, like, the 1950s Japanese gangster character turned up to 12. And then you also have, um, you have a character in the, um, show that's just named Horohoro, and he is... Like, what if you dump? What if you spilled your toot on the snowboard and it had a baby? And those characters, plus the dub, give it this super dated feel because it it has that digital first mindset. It has it definitely has a huge um point of view in the. Um, in its art style, and it it ends up being this really enjoyable show. But there are just so, there's some early two thousands, late nineteen nineties animeism that are really they're just kind of hard to get past. Those animations include a lot of time spent on side character, gang character underlings who kind of suck, and one of which might be what's his face from Despicable Me, the the like main the main character from that, not the minions, the um uh, the mastermind guy. Like he put a stomach tattoo on him, take his shirt off, and like he is in. Shaman King, 109%. Um, uh, another one is just Ryonosuke. He's, he is a, like, classic gangster, kind-hearted gangster character with the ridiculous pompadour that, like, he, you can see it in your head. He's got, like, the boogie nights. He's got the book. He's got the Saturday Night Fever, um, staying alive suit. With insane flared collars, uh, like pompadour out to like three feet from his head, it's it's bananas. Um, another one is you have an obscure, spooky historical figure stand-in who's a bad guy for love, and it it all boils down to this. There's lots of stuff to love about Shaman King. It's got really, it's got a really unique main character. Uh, your perspective is provided not by the main character. Initially, when like when you lead in and out of episodes, your perspective is provided by the main character, provided by the main character's like best friend, who in um the case of the um English. In the case of the English dub, they just name um, 
Morty, but in the um in in the in the original ant in the original text it says it's um Manta and they they named him Morty they named him Mortimer in the English dub because they wanted to get it to Morty because that sounds like a comedy sketch character from a horror sketch. And that, like, he, as a character, acts like that. He has the, some of the best faces just in the show. But they, the show also gives him this, like, weird little nerdy guy persona, and Morty kind of fits that. Like, come here, Morty. And, and, and when we think of Morty now, we still think of that because we think of Morty from Rick and Morty. So it that held up. Um, and by making him the kind of point of view character often, it, it lets the character of Yo be this kind of detached, aloof, like almost mystical feeling character in the show because oftentimes if you want to really if you want to sit with a character like that it can be really hard to manage that really well if you look at a show like um gun sword for example gun x sword um it Sitting with that, sitting with the main character of Gun of Gun X Sword is lots of time played for comedy because to approach the reality of that character's like deep, totally fucked, depressive mindset would be terrifying for a viewer, and the people who made it know that full well. So when they sat down, so when they sat down and they said, how are we going to treat this character out in the wild? They're, they said, we're going to like make him put, we're going to make the side effect of him being depressed that he can't taste fucking anything. So he just puts all the toppings on everything. We don't care if it's friggin' breakfast cereal. He piles more toppings and cereal on that and goes to town. And, that becomes this funny gag version of guy who wanders the earth depressed because his wife died. <laughs> and which is, which is like unendingly sad and incredibly like heart wrenching, but they take that power away from it by making it a weird visual joke. Um, but if you want to keep that character kind of insular and you want to continue to treat them like they are this character who has this immense power and has this unique quality to them that's really aloof and feels like they are of the world, not necessarily just of themselves, then oftentimes it can be helpful to have a character who's there for the function of perspective because to see things from 30,000 feet in the way that often um, Yo does would get kind of like it could build the way um, hanging out inside the the character of Light, of Light Yagami from Death Note's head feels. Like, it can feel like it's all abstracted and all unimportant and all strange and weird. But the other thing that um, I think made... That I think made Shaolin King a niche cult classic of a shonen anime. Um, then, and will actually might make it really popular now, is... He's a fundamentally kind person. And I talked about this in the um, Demon Slayer episode, which you can go back and 
the feed and whatever after you can listen to this right now and you can listen to that episode if you haven't yet. But um, the main character for that, the protagonist for Demon Slayer, is he is like kind to his bones. And he, where other protagonists of shonen shows would punch through a wall, he merely looked, he merely, would punch through a wall when the door is two feet away, he will go the two feet to the door. He'll still make his point. He'll still, he'll still use force when necessary, but it, his goal is not to crush his opponent. His goal is to simply stop his opponent from hurting other people. And that's a very different thing. And in every one of the and every one of the fights you see him fight, it, he has a kindness towards his opponents that doesn't come through in a lot of other shonen shows. Like a lot of other shonen shows, when the character when the protagonist is being kind, they are screaming at the top of their lungs and they're like, "If I res- if I if I don't give you my best, it means I don't respect you." Shonen scream, slam into the slam into the side of a mountain, and then you meet all the other throughout the first before the tournament. You meet um a character named um Ren, and you you also meet Ren's older sister. You meet Ren's like older sister and their cousin ultimately. But you meet all of these characters in um in throughout Shaman King that feel like they could be the Shaman King, so to speak. But the world would not be better off. They would be self they would selfishly rule somehow and it would be a big friggin' problem. And then Towards the end of the show, and ultimately at the end of the show, you meet Hal, who is um, Yo's brother. Uh, I think Yo's twin brother, actually. But you see that every every kind of, like, light, airy, whimsical, nonchalant sense that Yo has, you see in Hal that that personality has turned to apathy and has turned to like benevolence and all of these things. And the if you look at the character Gojo in um in Jujutsu Kaisen right now, that's the dem- that's a demonstration of a truly benevolent character. He is, he is, for all intents and purposes, to many people in that show, the power ceiling. He is the he is the big threat, so to speak, to the um, special grade curses and all the bad guys in that show. He is the one that they don't want they don't want to be staring down on their best day because they will lose. And he knows, and Gojo's character knows that. And that gives him this, like, playful but discerning personality where when he gets serious, he's serious and you are done. But even when he's not serious, he could still, like, wipe you off the mask like it's spilt milk. And... I think a lot of time is spent thinking of good guys like that, because to think of bad guys like that is so terrifying because that kind of personality is like what you can't. It's something similar to what you feel 
when a super wealthy, what you would feel if, a, if you were homeless and a super wealthy person just looked down their nose at you as they walked past. And that feeling is like, it's easy to make you hate that feeling. And it's hard to claw back from that. Like, if you look at, um, it's going to bring this up. I can't believe I'm going to bring this up. If you look at the character of Chuck from Gossip Girl, that character at the beginning of that show is a multiple times attempted rapist, womanizer, and just all around just like, he, he is the piece of shit that that show needs to overcome. And then a huge amount of that show is spent, seriously, on first breaking down that character. Like, just breaking down that character entirely. And then making him this weird force of nature that you, your brain can then allow you to be, a, uh, can then allow to be an actual character. And ultimately, by the end, they get him there. And, but it takes, like, from literally episode one until the end of the show, it takes them, that's how long it takes them to redeem the character that they built with the initial version of Chuck in that show. And they, I, it feels when you're watching it, like, they know that going into it, and they're invested in, like, making that character do that full 360 turn. And they have... The the advantage they have here in Shaman King, though, is all the characters are children. Now, granted, when they introduced Chuck, he was a teenager, but all the characters are, like... They put them in middle school in um, the English dub... That feels maybe right. In in actuality, I'm not super sure, but the character Ren is introduced as like this massively wealthy Chinese, you know, heir to a fortune who is a who like his entire family is shamans, and his like goal in life is to become the shaman king. Ultimately, he's the one they do the turn with. He's the, like, real piece of work. They, you know, make into a Sindore male friendship in order for you, in order for you to, like, that to be a character who's likable. And the thing with a character like Hal, if they don't give you the, they don't give you the chance. They just don't give you the chance. They make him this like benevolent force of a bad guy that has to be overcome because that is the only option. And the reason why it works is because they don't let him linger. All the space they give all of the other characters in this show. They don't really give to how, because he's less of a character and more of a plot device. You could swap him out for a bunch of other different looks of things. It might not have the same effect because he's not related to Yo, but it's the same. It still serves the same purpose. And what this ends up, what the show ends up being about, is ends up being about. What makes a ju- what makes a just person to be in charge? Uh, at least in America, because I, I know that my listenership is not only in America, but in America, we just got off the bandwagon of having a president who was all about enriching himself and playing games and fucking with the system. And he was, he did not a good person. He did not consider anything outside of himself. And more than that, he wanted the job because he was broke. Like Trump was broke. 
But I'm not saying that Biden is this. I'm not saying that any politician that would run for president is necessarily this. But the character that they, even that they start with with Yo, is so is so kind of unconcerned with himself, except for in the ways that like a teenage kid would be. Like he wants to eat, he wants to eat hamburgers, and like he wants to be a rock star. But that's kind of it. <laughs> His like standard teenage wants, but he has such a global, thoughtful idea of what the world is, and. that's what, that is the only reason why he wants the quote-unquote job of spirit president, basically, is because he wants to take care of the whole world. And if there was a way, you get the strong sense that if there was another way to do that, he would gladly not take the job of Shaman King. But this is the way that what the whole world gets taken care of, and not just him. And it's the, the show has this unique core of selflessness as a driving property for Yo's character. That is, I think why it make why it feels so unique in other than the other than the pastiche stuff I talked about at the beginning where it is very much a Native American um tribal culture visual thing visual looking thing. It's like core of selflessness and its value of selflessness in its main character is the remarkable thing that makes it really unique and makes Yo really unique as a shonen protagonist. If you look at um, if you look at the other big shonen protagonists, especially the other big shonen protagonists of the of the same time period. If you look at Luffy, Luffy wants to be the pirate king, and Luffy, but Luffy's going after the One Piece. It, but Luffy is aloof in the way that he's just a madman. And then you look at, um, and that's largely because One Piece is very clearly inspired by, like, slapstick Western animation animation and cartoons. Um, if you look at a character like Naruto, Naruto wants to be the Hokage. Um, but for a lot of that show, he also wants to go get his friend back from the dark side. And he, like, he, until it's brought to him, has no concept of, like, how did this demon get into me? Like, should I care about the demon? No. Go get friend. Um, Ichigo from Bleach. It's, it's kind of roped into it because he's protecting his friends and they always have a protect my friends kind of thing. He, they're all selfless, but for selfish reasons, Yo seems like he's truly and honestly just a selfless person who cares about the world and cares about the future of the world. Yo feels like he doesn't turn his head on the fact that global warming is melting the polar ice caps and he could fix it with his superpowers. Um, and I just, that combined with the strong Native American leanings and the unique kind of art style that it's so strong that if you go look in the if you go look at the um, the footage they've released for the new show, which once again I think comes out on April 8th, actually, um, you'll notice that there's not much that they could change about 
the look of the show. It is like those characters are still those characters. You know, um, Anna still looks like Anna. Yo still looks like Yo and on down the line. And it it ends up with all those things I think that the like the shonen anime audience who is now primed by something like the mega hit that was Demon Slayer, I think will take to Shaman King a lot more, at least I, and I certainly hope it will take to Shaman King a lot more than it did when it was originally out. And also the other thing when it was originally out was the Shaman King manga has now ended. But when um, the original Shaman King, the 2001 one, was released, it it caught up to the anime, and it, it caught up to the anime, caught up to the manga, and it had the Full Metal Alchemist thing of an anime original ending because it needed an ending. Um, but with that said, if you like this podcast, my name has been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and if you liked it enough, you can subscribe to it in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. Um, new episodes come out every third day and Sunday. Third day, these episodes are me talking about a specific show, like Shaman King and Jujutsu Kaisen, or any of those. Um, Sunday, Sunday editions, as I call them, are about more metatextual stuff that I'm interested in, either in the, either in the fandom, the industry, or about a specific show, or, um, what's it called, or anything relating to anime as a fandom or an industry, basically. But on that note, I will talk to you on Sunday.